I Don't Need an Acting Class is brought to you by WeAudition.com. Hi everyone, this is Greg from Milton's Acting Class. We Audition, it's this really practical platform. You can ask literally any question whatsoever. You can even ask a silly question. I remember one time I asked a question, can someone please help me with social media? I, I need help with it as an actor. And I received all these candidates, all these people willing to answer this question. You're able to see their qualifications. You're even able to see their resumes. Because of that, you're able to select the right person. Sign up for weaudition.com today and save 25% off by using the discount code ACTINGCLASS. Welcome to I Don't Need an Acting Class with Milton Justice. I want to talk about ideas again. Because here's the thing that hits me, and I had exactly the same conversation this morning uh, with Maurizio, who's in Italy and has an audition there. And it really had to do with not having a concept that something is an idea. And I realized there's some steps that go into an explanation of us and ideas that it's important for us to understand. It was easier for Marlon Brando to be Marlon Brando because he was studying right after World War II. This started because I had a conversation about All My Sons, and he'd seen several productions of All My Sons, one recently in Italy, and he said nobody got what the, the play was about. And I said, well, first of all, the play was written in 1948, so it was right after World War II. So somebody talking about how they had a platoon of men and they lost most of them. In 1948, everybody knew what that was. The audience knew what it was. The actors knew what it was. It's like it was very much a part of your DNA. This whole idea of soldiers and losing soldiers and everybody had lost somebody. So it's like your mindset was different. Stella said that on the opening night of Death of a Salesman, she said, I looked around and everyone in the audience was in tears because everyone had a salesman in their family who was losing his job. She then added, of course, I wasn't in tears because there are no salesmen in my family, but <laughs> she, of course, was an Adler. <laughs> But it's like there's something that has that's happened that is not really our fault, but it's not part of us anymore. I mean, there are things that are just not part of us. We say, oh, there's a war in Afghanistan, and it's like, hmm, oh, the homeless situation is getting terrible. Oh, I know. Uh, it's like we have maybe for our own survival, we have cut off emotionally from issues that should be important to us, but we just have cut off. And so it, it's like things are a pain in the ass and this and that. And we get 
outraged when certain things happen, and it doesn't last. I mean, fortunately, we haven't totally lost it. But, but for the most part, there are a lot of things that are ideas that we lose. And so part of the work is that we have to look at something, I think, and say, there is an idea here, and it's a big idea. And I have to know what it is. And I have to admit on top of it, I probably don't know what it is. I probably don't understand this play about friendship because I have 1,400 friends on Facebook. In fact, I got very upset when somebody unfriended me. And it was because I said something against Trump. You know, I mean, whatever. But I mean, the point is... It's like we don't even know what friendship is anymore. So I think we start by admitting that it is an idea that we probably don't know that much about. And then we work to bring ourselves up to the size of that idea. And, and I, think that's what, I think that's really what saves us. I think that, I, I think it, a, a lot of times I think it's, a matter of, it's not that we're not capable of making good choices. It's that we are not in the mindset to allow ourselves to make good choices. And so that's where I think we get that. I, I think that's where we get bollocked up. It's that we forget that there is an idea. Now, we're working on... Shaw, who is all ideas. But I think one of the things that is also missing is that we're not accustomed to seeing a lot of the concepts that we talk about. I mean, I'm older. I was on uh, the phone yesterday with one of my oldest friends, the first time I went to New York was 1964, and I went with him, and we were talking about what we saw, and then we were talking about what we'd seen over the years, and I thought, oh my God, do you realize? I mean, it's like we saw the original How to Succeed in Business without really trying. We saw the original Olivers. We saw the original Fantastics. I mean, it's just... It, it's all, all of that, and you got used to seeing it, and you knew what it looked like. Anyway, so a couple of things that hit me about this, about these ideas. So one of the things is that we don't know that it's an idea, and when we accept the fact that it's probably an idea, we're not quite sure what it's supposed to look like because we don't know how to bring ourselves up to it. But another thing is, and this is a really difficult concept, it's understanding how to play an action so that it's not all on one level. I, by accident, yesterday discovered that I had this in my... <laughs> file called Movies for Teaching. And what this is, is Martin Sheen in an episode of West Wing. The action he's playing is to attack 
God or something like that, something in that world. And what's interesting about watching this, he has the size, he knows how big that action is, but he's not standing in the middle of the church going off and blah, 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 blah. He specifically has a relationship to everything that he's talking about, and so it gives it colors. Just to set up the situation, the situation is, it was at the end of the funeral for the little woman that worked in his office who had been killed. And coupled with this is the guy that's his assistant, his chief of staff or something, Josh, who was shot, defending him as far as I know, but whatever it was. And so, but I want you to watch what Martin Sheen does with this, because I think it's so extraordinary that he really does have this sense of the size and he's clear about what he's talking about and he's clear about his relationship to everything he's talking about. You're a son of a bitch, you know that? She bought her first new car and you hit her with a drunk driver. What? Is that supposed to be funny? You can't conceive, nor can I, the appalling strangeness of the mercy of God, says Graham Greene. I don't know whose ass he was kissing there, because I think you're just vindictive. What was Josh Lyman, a warning shot? That was my son. What did I ever do to yours but praise his glory and praise his name? There's a tropical storm that's gaining speed and power. They say we haven't had a storm this bad since you took out that tender ship of mine in the North Atlantic last year. 68 crew. You know what a tender ship does? Fixes the other ships. Doesn't even carry guns. Just goes around, fixes the other ships, and delivers the mail. That's all it can do. Gracias, Tibiago Domine. Yes, I lied. It was a sin. I've committed many sins. Have I displeased you, you feckless thug? 3.8 million new jobs, that wasn't good. Bailed out Mexico, increased foreign trade, 30 million new acres of land for conservation. Put Mendoza on the bench. We're not fighting a war. I've raised three children. That's not enough to buy me out of the doghouse. Hey, Crater, my Deo Pio. Adeo Justo, Adeo Shito, Cuciatos and Crucha, Tuis in Terra Servos, Nuntias Fui, Officium Perfece, Cuciatos and Crucha, Eas and Crucha. What reminded you of that scene? 
or, or did well, something? Well, here's what, yes, what hit, what, what hit me, uh, here's what hits me. Working with Kareem is a pain in the ass because he keeps wanting answers to questions. He keeps wanting, so, so if I do this, then. So, in other words, all I have to do is, and so if, everything about technique always sounds like, well, all I have to do is connect. Uh, all I have to do is be believable. All I have to do is be truthful. And it's not enough. Being truthful is not enough. I mean, it's like I always do the thing where I pick up this and say, did you believe I was reading? Well, of course you believed I was reading. I was reading. Did you want to slit your wrist? You were so bored. Of course you were. So there are things that, yes, I'm connected. Yes, I'm clear what my action is. And yet, it has to have a build to it. It has to have a connection to it that goes someplace. I mean, I coach people all the time. And I was coaching Mauricio, who's auditioning for something in Italy. And I said, and when you get to the last line, linger on that word. I mean, we have a term called operative words. So, yes, it's truthful, but nobody in the real world lingers on an operative word. It just plays better. So the reason you have to watch great acting and you have to watch these things is because you have to see what people do. And I was reminded of it when I was watching Martin Sheen do this speech because I thought, if you're brilliant enough to come up with the action to attack God, and the reason it also comes up is because we're working, we're beginning to work on monologues by Shaw. And all of the Shaw monologues are like this. I mean, I wouldn't compare Aaron Sorkin, the writer of West Wing, with George Bernard Shaw. But, I mean, that speech is like total Shaw. I mean, all of these monologues that you're working on have that kind of attack against society, that kind of... of size, that kind of importance. And so, if you're smart enough to come up with an action, maybe your action is to wake up the people. Uh, maybe your action is to blow you out of the water. Who knows? You know, maybe you're... So, it's like all of that. But the important thing to know is that you don't you're not just venting to the universe there is a specific relationship to everything which helps you but it's theater i mean martin sheen's monologue was great theater i mean when i saw it i because i used to watch west wing and I, I remember when it first came out when i saw it i went oh my god that's like king lear you know, he's standing in the middle of a church looking up at the crucifix and calling God a feckless thug. I mean, how great is that? What actor gets to, to have that kind of dialogue? So it, it's just, it, it was the idea 
that we're working on big ideas and they have to have a size. And it was funny because working with Kareem, who makes it believable and connects to it, talking about poverty and it's logical and it makes absolute sense, but it lacks size. And then having Greg sitting with me and Greg has a tendency to get emotionally involved in things. So he just go, and it's like, he gets so excited and he gets so emotional about it. It's almost like he runs away with it. And so I had these two opposite ends of the spectrum. It's like you wanted to say, well, you're both wrong and you're both right. Yes, it has to be believable. Yes, you have to connect to it. Yes, you have to be emotionally connected to it. Yes, it has to mean something to you. But no, it's not necessarily good theater. So it's complicated. So two things. It helps if you begin to understand how big the idea is. And you talk out how big the idea is. And you really understand if you're talking about poverty. You're not just saying, what is the definition of poverty? If you were talking about poverty, what you're talking about is there is a world where there are very rich people. And there are people who are forgotten that no one cares about, that people say, oh, well, they're not educated. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Oh, well, it's awful. And so there are people that fall into what is poverty. And so when you talk about poverty, it's not just that you can define it. It's that you understand on an epic scale what he's talking about. So That is something that you, I don't know, you talk out, you look at it, you, you, it's like, but it moves it beyond a kind of logical understanding. When you say the word poverty is the greatest crime, it should absolutely, I mean, an audience should absolutely just go, oh my God, I hadn't even thought about that. Because poverty is something I can do something about in a rich country. So that's one side of it. And then also on the other side of it is that you don't want to become hysterical. You want to make your point clear enough that we understand what you're talking about. Anyway, it's very difficult acting, and you're very nice people, and if you can find something else to do, you might enjoy it more, because I feel like, oh, good, you're truthful, but I'm bored. Oh, good, you're emotionally connected, but I fell asleep. It's the difference, if I were a painter and I'm not, it's the difference between, when you were growing up, did you have those little paint-by-numbers kits? You know, you'd have it and you'd do it in the line and you knew the color. All the colors were numbered and where to do the color was numbered in it. You know, at the end of it, it did look like a parrot, but it wasn't a very interesting parrot. (laughs) 
because it was paint by numbers. So I guess part of it is we want to figure out how do I move beyond painting by numbers? I Don't Need an Acting Class is created and hosted by Milton Justice. Senior producer is me, Walker Vreeland, and director of online media is Evan Sollers. Music provided by Jeffrey Keezer Trio, May This Be Love, from their album, On My Way to You. Uh, if you have a question for Milton, please feel free to send your email to questionsformilton at gmail.com. That's questionsformilton at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at I Don't Need an Acting Class. And please subscribe, rate, and review. It's all we ask. It's all we ask. We don't do Patreon. We're not begging you for money. All we ask is that if you like the podcast, if you're getting stuff out of it, you subscribe and you rate and you review it. I can't tell you how much that would mean to us. Thank you so much for listening. We're so happy to be back with season three, and we will see you back here next week. 